thank you for tuning into this very special episode of the Chillinoy Podcast. In case you didn't know, we recently launched a Patreon, meaning that if you're listening to this for free right now, you're listening to this episode at least two weeks late. You can sign up for our Patreon. It only costs $3 a month, and you get early access to all episodes of the Chillinoy Podcast. We drop a new episode every Sunday, and as always, we have some of the heaviest hitters in the cannabis industry, the entertainment industry, and more. So subscribe to us on Patreon. It's chillinoy.net slash Patreon. Before I send you into this episode, I've been told by my leading correspondents that we have breaking news. Blake, Kathy, to you. Well, everyone in Pennington is talking about it. Something smells like weed in that back part of the library. No one has located the source of the weed smell, but witnesses say that it seems to come from that area of the library behind the computer desk between the magazine rack and that weird couch. Head librarian Cookie Stevens and library volunteers Margaret Mosier and Gail Fredericks were in the middle of discussing the upcoming used book sale when they smelled something strange. So they smelled in. marijuana somewhere mm -hmm. and we're yes. like shocked. Yeah. And so Doug goes, do you smell it? Oh, I thought it was my linguist that I left it. <laughs> Smell something funny, like it was on fire. We thought it was cookies. Link was he on fire? And I couldn't believe it was drugs no, in I've the library. Gail knew what it was. I guessed. It's not like a chooch and chong or something. Wow, man, that's some heavy shit, man. Hey man, am I driving okay? I think we're parked, man. Oh shit. God damn, I was in that shit, man. I never had no dope like that before in my life, man. That's the heaviest shit I ever smoked, man. I mean, I smoked a lot of shit before, man. But god damn, man, that's heavy shit. You okay? I can't breathe. What's your man? I can't breathe, man. We're just right here. Hey, man. Oh, hey, hey, I got something to mail you out, man. You're just freaking oh. out here. What are you lighting? What are you smoking? Some of that homegrown. We got some lemon tree that we rolled up. <laughs> yeah, you doing you you doing any smoking today? Or, you know, did you wake and bake it? I never do. I never, never do. do. I can. I, I never remember. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm always worried about. Oh, I feel. Man, is that COVID? Then I realize, oh, I got stoned. That's all. Yeah, you remember you yeah. ate a pot cookie. <laughs> yeah, I ate a pot cookie, ate some gummies. I tried something. Anyway, we're uh, we're good to go. What's up? Yeah, man. What's up, dude? How you been? Good. Been, yeah. Been. Yeah, been here, been, everything's good in my life. Everything's good. Family doing well? Really well. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Everybody's fine. Everybody's good. Good to Can't hear, complain. man. Can't good to hear. Complain. Well, happy good Friday. Thank you for sitting down with me. I appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure, um, my friend. Yeah. So uh, what's new with you, man? Anything new? Any new yeah, projects coming up? Yeah, quite a bit. I got a, a, awarded a... Lifetime Achievement Award was it yesterday or the day before yesterday in, in Las Vegas and now we're going to get on the plane and go to New Jersey to uh, give an award to the Chili Peppers 
Right. Yeah. You, yeah. you and so, Cheech, right? Yeah, yeah. Cheech and I, we're going to be doing it. Cool, so, man. No, every, everything, everything's going real good. Almost, nice. almost too good. You know what I mean? <laughs> Ever have that feeling that everything's going so good? You say, oh, okay, when's it going to end? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what curveball is life going to throw me now? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, what, what's going on here? This is too good. Yeah. No, I, I've been, uh, no, I've been, been, been really, really uh, nice. And uh, yeah, and my wife's treating me nice. So, you know, I'm going to keep that one going for a while if I can. Yeah, got to keep her happy, you know. I don't know what I did, but. <laughs> yeah, you got you a keeper there. I don't know. She's uh, she's an amazing lady, and uh, I'm really glad to have her, you know, on my side. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, so the Red Hot Chili Peppers, uh, you know, um, can I ask if you just always been a fan of theirs or was it vice versa that they were a fan of yours? I have what it, I'm just curious. Yeah, well, they were a fan of ours uh, big time, you know, uh, because we've been around longer than music, actually. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, my daughter went to school with them. And and they used to they used to follow her around because she was my daughter, but they were too shy to talk to her, so they were like stalked her around for a while. <laughs> but I, I we met them. I, at least I met I met them at a they they played a party, a private party, and I was invited, and uh, and then I got to go backstage and hang hang with the hang with the peppers. They're we're really good people. And so, such good musicians, you know, such good players. Yeah. I love their music. I love their music. That's cool as hell that you'll be able to present them with that award. Yeah. So, I'll have to, I'll have to look yeah, out I for can, that. I, I, I kind of missed uh, being a fan, you know, because I'd, I'd gotten, uh, like I said, older than rock and roll, you know. So, I actually, I, I, yeah, I am actually older than rock and roll. Can you imagine that? Can I you can't. believe that? Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe that. That's crazy. No, but, yeah. it's, it's true. It's true because I remember, you know, I I was around when uh, when uh, I think it was Bill Haley in the comments uh, were um, were being attacked in in Europe with the first uh, uh, punk rockers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know if you remember that, but it was in the news and like Bill Haley got them all excited about rock around the clock that uh, they jumped on stage and trashed the place. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> well, you know, they're, they're, they were like hoodlums and uh, that's all they know. You know, they're hoodlums. <laughs> that's what the hoodlums do. You know, they, I mean, yeah. you know, rock and roll was pretty crazy back in the day. You look back at like Johnny Cash. I don't know if you ever heard how he left some hotel rooms. I mean, rock and roll, those road days, they were pretty crazy. Yeah, well, I, I knew, I, I, I met Johnny. I, I was a big fan. Um, I never met Elvis. I, I, we got a postcard from him, Christmas card. He was a big, he was, you know, like those guys, they would be fans of whoever, whoever was happening at the time. And uh, so we got, but I did get high with all the Beatles except Paul. And, nice. uh, and Paul knows that he's on my bucket list because I'm on his bucket list. 
and, uh, and eventually we're going to hook up and get high together. But uh, no, everything. Uh, yeah, my life has been one actually like a history tour <laughs> for music, you know, especially because yeah. I go. I, yeah, I go back to the to the 40s. I can remember listening to uh, the radio and hearing, uh, you know, the first comedy record I ever heard was uh, Andy Griffith. You, you know, uh, the Andy Griffith show, you know? Yeah, yeah. With Opie. He did a comedy record. once. In fact, you can look it up. It's called What It Was Was Football. And it's a country boy describing, you know, how these, these guys would line up on either side and then kick kick something down the road, kick down the thing, and and they'd take take it and run it back and try not to step in the in the cow pies or whatever. It was it was uh when I was a kid that was the funniest thing on the radio. The only funny thing on the radio actually. Well and back then I just can't imagine what it was like. I watched a documentary from the nineteen eighties uh recently and it was interesting. There was a TV in the room, but it doesn't look like TVs today, you know, a nice flat screen. It's like oh. this box in the room and it's like the sound is like you know it's it's um, it was the only thing we had and it was amazing it was amazing people you know they were they were blown away with it you know well like i said i'm older than television well that's uh, that's what's weird to think about is like history uh radio used to kind of be television they'd have radio dramas and stuff right oh yeah yeah, I, yeah. I, I grew up on that. That was one of the reasons that we uh, did the album. So the comedy album so easy because I'd, I'd grown up with radio. I, I, I like I'm a good 10 years ahead of teach. And, and so so I had I had those early experiences. Teach came close. It was, you know, went round. You can remember when television started and all that, you know. I, I remember, I, I, uh, you know, but getting a, your first television set in the house was, was kind of cool. We never had anything new. Ours was uh, like my dad, you know, we were poor enough that uh, everything was from the secondhand store, you know. Uh, so we never had any, any new appliances, new anything. Uh, always secondhand, but it was good because at least you knew it worked. <laughs> I, yeah, you didn't have to return anything, you know. Yeah. Because, yeah. Well, nowadays, yeah, you can't. Like, it's interesting. My parents are, you know, they're taught by your generation. I think that I was about to say of your generation, they've been like, Cole, we are not. Uh, you know, Tommy's age, because my grandparents are about, uh, about your age, Tommy, I actually was talking to my grandma about you the, the other day yeah. and, um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, she actually remembers that when you guys started touring, it's kind of interesting and it's, it's just so interesting. You were talking about music and how you were before music. It's, it's really interesting. I was listening to the radio the other day, like I heard several I heard separate songs that referenced you. It was like stop and hit the bong, like Cheech and Chong. So reference, <laughs> but you know, both you and both you and Cheech. And it's just interesting. Now you were before music and now you're kind of woven into music with these references and everything. It's sure. Sure. Yeah. Well, I saw all those fads develop, you know, uh, you know, back in the day they had 
country, they call it country and Western music. It wasn't even country, it was country and Western because of the cowboys out West, I guess. And, and that was, that became a, a genre of, of music. Yeah. Uh, and before that, you had classical folk music, classical music, which is basically folk too, you know, uh, Military music, they had that was a, a genre, and then then like American jazz <laughs> during during the Second World War. That's that's what was very popular, you know, uh, big band music. Uh, yeah, when I uh, when I was a teenager, I was uh, going to dances where they had a big band playing. You know, and you, and you jive, you do your dance to the to the jive. And, and the first tune I remember dancing to, or wanting to dance to, was uh, a tune called "In the Mood" by Glenn Miller. I just heard of Glenn Miller the first time the other day, so that's awesome. I'll to, <laughs> what, what was the song? What was the song? "In the Mood." In the mood. In the mood. Okay, thank you. "In the Mood" by Glenn Miller. And that was a hot tune. It would fade out and then come back. And oh, yeah. And then I went to a dance, a school dance. And there was this dangerous looking, I guess he was uh, a half breed, you know, native. Um, he was a, had the long hair, the ducktail, you know, the draped pants. And he was dancing with this really beautiful girl to In the Mood. I remember the song and it just mesmerized because he, they formed a dance circle around him and, and, uh, and then we became friends. Uh, well, actually I became friends with his, his little brother. I was the little brother. Uh, yeah. The little brother was a friend of mine and, and we were like wannabe hoodlums. You know, we weren't really big enough to be a real hoodlum. So we were <laughs> kind of, kind of wannabes. And, uh, yeah, I was, and then I find out, you know, just recently, not too long ago, you know, about a year ago, that I'm part Native, you know, I'm 8% with the DNA. And so so I've been really having fun with that, you know, checking out my lineage and finding out that my, my grandmother, who I, everybody told me that she was like a, they called them a dark Irish but her name was Dylan, but it was because her dad's name was Dylan. He was Irish, but his her mother, who I don't know who her mother was yet. I'll find out. Um, she was full-blooded uh, something, I, I guess. Ojibwe, that's what I'm guessing, because it was in northern Canada. And, uh, yeah, my mother married a Chinese guy, my dad, you know, Stan Chong, and... Uh, and that was the big, uh, you know, drama in the in the Chong or in the uh, Gilchrist family, my mother's side. But they never told us that they were twenty. My mother's twenty percent data. They kept that one hidden. It's it's amazing, it's amazing. But then I I, I see why, you know, because. Uh, Native people were considered lower than uh, than the slaves, than the black black people. You know, with, uh, with you know, well, they're considered an enemy by the establishment. You know, 
but um, not so much in Canada, but definitely in the states. You know, the states yeah. had a, a genocide program for the for the natives. Um, yeah, I've been just checking all that out. I've been enjoying myself, man. So I love I love, I love being part native. You know? Yeah, what what kind of years are we talking about? Like when? Just curious, because you're around eighty three or eighty four, right? Uh, Age wise, eighty uh, four. I thought, because I thought, yeah, I didn't think you were, I, I did not say 85. I said between 83 and 84. I knew you were in 85, man. Um, I, but I'm just hey, curious. I'll be, I'll be there. I'm only a few months away. Yep. Yep. True. <laughs> true. Um, I'm curious, like what, what time periods are you looking at? Like when was your mom born? And uh, like, yeah, how far back are you looking? That That's just so cool to think about that you're, you have the opportunity to look back at that stuff. It, well, yeah, because of the 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 testing, you know, the way they yeah the, the uh, what do they call it the genetic. Uh, it's uh, yeah, I can't think of it right now because I smoked two joints. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I know what you're so, talking about. People yeah, know what you're testing, talking about. The one where you the, spit in the tube or whatever. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The the testing. Yeah, my, well, my mother. Uh, now you know I I don't have the year that she was born in or my dad, but, uh, I was born in 38. And so she was about, so she was probably born in 05 or so, uh, or 19, 1905. Wow. I think my dad was 03. I think I'm guessing my dad was older. He lived longer than, than, than my mom actually. But my mom had TB, you know, she, they're again native and she, she caught TB and, uh, she was, uh, quarantined. I never saw her for five years. Uh, you know, as a baby, I, my first memory was waking up, you know, in, in a hospital cause I had a lung, a lung thing, a pleurisy. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't, uh, you know, you know, and so I was in a hospital for a year, and a lot of it was because I was that young, and and I should, I, you know, I, I didn't, I don't think I had to be in the hospital, although I was there, and, and they just gave me uh, penis, I, uh, some kind of medicine injection, you know, the needles in the butt, and and in order to do that, they have these pretty nurses come and pick me up and. And give me all cuddles and everything else, and then oh, <laughs> you get the shot in the butt. I kind of remember that. That's my earliest memories, and that's why I've uh, always been attracted to ladies with uh, nice titties. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm a sucker for big titties. You know what I mean? <laughs> Hell yeah, dude! Hell yeah. I love to see you snap back in that element that you just have that comedic element. We talked about stand-up comedy last time. And that's, that's one thing I like about you is you kind of pioneer pioneered both the art of live comedy, but the way you mixed in music. I mean, like, like you say, you guys, like everybody yeah. always says, you guys paved the way. So, um, yeah, I was going to ask you, I'm pretty excited. I know that like, I'm not trying to ask you to spoil anything, but was it kind of cool to get back together with the crew with that nineties show? Like everybody knows it's happening. So I'm just curious, was that cool to get back together with them? It was so cool. Oh, it was, it was a family reunion. 
Yeah. The family. I watched them grow up, you know, and and when you're in the show, it's from season to season. You know, it's not really uh, nothing's set in stone, you know. And next thing you know, we I'd done four four seasons with them, and then I went to jail for the fifth season. And they're so cool, you know. They wanted to shoot a, a segment when I was in prison, but of course you can't do that. And then when I got out, I, I joined up with the with the, that seventy show again. And then uh, and then we did the finale. But then I I had heard rumors, and I hadn't been contacted. And then I got contacted. And uh, lo and behold, Laura Pippon was the director, and so 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 here's 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 Laura, the redhead, directing the the segment with the new young kids, and and they're so pretty and talented. It's really good. And Kitty and I had a, a moment, you know, uh, and I hadn't seen Red yet, uh, you know. Uh, you know, I hadn't did, I never did a scene with them. We, we shot two, uh, two segments. And so, yeah, it was, it was fun. That's cool. I'm excited to see it. Yeah. The, the money's not great, you know, because of, uh, the way, uh, the, the COVID, the lockdown and, you know, it, it, it just threw a big, monkey wrench into the whole system which in a way is good yeah you know and, but in a lot of ways well it's not like the old days you know when uh, when you know the sitcoms were king kind of thing you know and now you have to hope hopefully uh, you know if, if it's there you know there's no no guarantee anymore there's no big studios anymore you know, they are, they're all breaking up because uh, everybody has, you know, everybody can stream on their own. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's a whole different world world out there. I'm enjoying it. I, I'm loving it, you know. Uh, I love, I, I've always, I always have loved, loved any kind of change, move forward, you know. Yeah, it is weird though. I mean, like I'm thinking about it, like it's been a long time since you've seen like, you remember like there was a time where there was like just a bunch of Will Ferrell and Adam Sandler movies. And I'm not saying that Sandler doesn't still release movies from time to time, but you know, it just seemed like there was an age where there were like blockbuster comedy movies coming up yeah. and it doesn't just seem like that anymore. Well, everybody has a season, you know, everybody has their time. Mm-hmm. And then and that, that's a big testament for Cheech and Chong, you know, because we've lasted so yeah, many, so many, you know, so many uh, generations, yeah, <laughs> literal generation. I think of it as waves, is, kind of different. Yeah, you have different waves, you know. Yeah, I don't uh, because you don't. You never live your life like in the past. You know, you're always uh, in the you know like kind of in the future, or or you know kind of looking you know always ahead. Like for instance, I, I tried to make a, a, an electric car, uh, and uh, and then they came up with the, the Prius hybrid, and so well, forget that. I'll buy a Prius, and then I've been electric cars ever since. And I got one of the first Teslas. I got a Tesla when you could design it yourself. Well, you did. You <laughs> designed it yourself. 
on the computer and you never went through a, a, a dealership. You know, you never had no slick talking salesman trying to talk you into nothing. You just had a computer screen and, and your choices. This what wheels do you want, what seats and what color, all that. It was incredible. And then uh, the only thing I, I, I should have kept it, I, you know, I'm, I sold it. And, and I, I don't know, but I, I'm weird with cars, man. I, I'm, I've never been a, like a really good mechanic. I've always been sort of like a, uh, a romantic, you know, because cars, uh, when you're poor, when you're growing up, a car is like the ultimate. First of all, it's like, do you know of anybody that has a car? <laughs> <laughs> and and then it's like my my older brother he bought it, he had his own car whoa and he'd let me use it maybe once in a while uh, and then uh, then eventually I, you know I, I I had my own car wow yeah yeah so cars are very special. what was your first car well my very first car was a uh, <laughs> it was a I guess it was a 50, oh no, 40, 49 Plymouth or no Pontiac, 49 Pontiac, but it had been Tebow and my dad wanted in a, in a poker game. And so it was, Hey son, you got your new car. And I thought, Oh boy, what am I, what is it? And it was, <laughs> you couldn't get in the, in the driver's side. <laughs> you had to get in the passenger side. <laughs> so he won it in a poker game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, it's been T-boned. It's so been some, T-boned. Somebody so had, I'm yeah. just trying to imagine somebody betting and being like, you know what? I'm putting my Plymouth on this on this hand. Yeah, yeah. that's what he did. That's what they did. And uh, and that was my first car. And it, and it was suitable. You know, it was okay. It, it was, you know, we, we got by. I, get, I could always borrow my dad's car. My dad always had a fine car. You know, he, he he had taste. He was a gambler, and and so he he had a lot of lot of cool taste, and uh, and and he bought an old, well, nineteen forty two, Buick Roadmaster, straight eight, eight cylinder, and, uh, and that was the family car. And wow, yeah, that was that was the car, and that was the car that I used to borrow quite a bit. Until I actually, I, I actually killed it. I actually killed it. You and then I, it? I, I more or less, I inherited it. It became my car because my dad got a better car. In, in those days, you never traded the car in. You know, they don't want any old Buick. And then I had it repainted. Oh, messed up, messed up. Because those in the 40s and that, they were using a lead base paint. And so it was it had a special sheen to it. That's why you, when you see uh, old movies and you see old cars, they're usually the the paint is from this era, you know, from the modern era, and because the old paint style they it was special and and, and of course illegal now. Uh, yeah, I, I I like watching old movies like uh, A Star Is Born. Is a great one for old cars. The mm -hmm. first one with the Judy Garland, because they just show 
scenes of Hollywood uh, elite drive driving up to the Chinese drama and theater in their in their sports cars, and they were like fantastic, beautiful. That's, that's awesome. Beautiful cars, yeah, yeah. I loved I loved that era, that whole style was cool in the forties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a I, cool era. I relate to you though. Like you say, it's like a romantic relation. Cause when it comes to, um, it's like, you got to change the oil. Like, sure. I know I can do it. And yes, I've done it in the past, but dude, I'm just going to go pay for somebody to do it. I'm not going to give yeah. them a fuck. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that whole thing, man. One time when I, I, well, actually my first car really, that was the car I described, you know, was, uh, was the one that actually run ran. But when I was, um, I guess I was about 15, 14, 15 years old, I, I had a job delivering meat on a bicycle, you know. And I, and I seen, the, seen this three-window coop sitting in the weeds. The weeds were growing around it. So I knocked on the door and asked the lady, I said, uh, you know, do you know who owns this car? And she says, yes, I do. It's my son. I said, do you know if it's for sale? And she said, would you like it? I said, yeah. She said, well, then take it. <laughs> you can have oh, wow. it. <laughs> and so I had my brother help me tow the car home. And it sat in my backyard for almost a year because I had no clue. I had no money. I had no clue what to do. I couldn't buy gas if I if I had to. <laughs> yeah. and, and so this old fiddle player, my buddy, Mel, uh, he shows up at the house one time. We're getting ready to go to a party. I used to play backup guitar with his fiddle. And he saw the car and he goes, nice car. How does it run? I said, I don't know. He's well, what's the matter? He's, I said, I've never ran it. He's well, let's, let's find out. And so he, he took a battery out of his car and got some gas. And next thing you know, the fucker's running, man. <laughs> And it was ran good. It ran nice. <laughs> and in fact, I drove it out, out to Bonas to a party. And it had a thing called uh, freewheeling. And what it was is that there was a gear that you could put it into and it and it would disengage. And so you could save uh, fuel just by uh, coasting down the road. You know, like if you're on a hill or something, you could put put it in the freewheeling stage. Then I drove it home, parked it in the back, and never drove it again. Never because it wasn't my battery; it was the my my friend's battery. So he yeah. had to take take the battery out, and uh, and then I never, you know. And then it sat there until one day I think some guy come up and asked my mother. <laughs> who owned the car and she said you want it <laughs> that's funny yeah i'm pretty sure that's what happened <laughs> that's that's what that car's life consisted of somebody i'm yeah. sure that it, it sat in his yard for a while and somebody else came up and said hey uh who owns that yeah. car <laughs> but the body was was perfect you know no dents no rust it had a running board and like i say three three window coupe and driving it was was beautiful, but it was but it was like an experimental car back in the day. Yeah. Uh, oh man. And, and if I ever, well, I, I got I got rid of that habit, you know, of collecting cars. And then as when I got when we got uh, 
the movie deals and that. In fact, the first movie deal I got, my wife bought me a, a Rolls Royce a Corniche a convertible. And I had that for a few years. And I had the license plate called Humble. Because <laughs> <laughs> I thought it would be kind of cool. And in fact, it got written up one time in Vancouver. I was driving it there. And, and, uh, and someone had spotted it. He thought it was ironic that a Rolls Royce convertible would be called Humble. <laughs> and I and I drove that sucker. I drove that one in. I had a ship to Paris when I when I shot movies there. I shot um, still, uh, yeah, still smoking. And and I had the the Rolls Royce shipped over there. And while I was over there, my wife bought me a uh, a Ferrari because the the franc was so strong. I mean, so weak against the dollar that we picked yeah. up a, a Ferrari for like twenty five thousand. You know, wow. and, yeah, and I sold it in, in L.A. for like seventy-five thousand. So it was a, it was a good deal. Yeah. But I, you know, I I like I admire looking at them. You know, my wife just wanted me to be in a nice hip car where people go, oh, you know, this guy's hot. You know, but uh, I never liked the Ferrari. It was too too much like a go kart. You know, and 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 we as soon as we moved into this house, the one I'm in now. The driveway was too steep, and mm. so the car would bottom out, you know, bottom out. So, so I, I I sold it almost as soon as I got it back. I drove it in. I, I drove it in Sardinia um, when I first got it. <laughs> I had three cars. I had the Rolls Royce. <clears throat> I had a Duchevaux. A French car, a little French uh, two-cylinder, four-cylinder, yeah, two-cylinder car, and uh, and the Ferrari, and uh, and I'll tell you that that Duchevaux was more fun to drive than all of them. <laughs> yeah. Really, the, the, the Rolls Royce, it was. Yeah, you, you had that smog thing with the gas cap, and so the French. Uh, gas nozzles never reached into the into the car, so I had a jury rigged sort of uh, a plastic water bottle upside yeah. down like stuck in there as a funnel. Yeah, and I, I never I, I enjoyed I, I enjoyed driving the the convertible top down. You know, it was it was that was fun. I, and I drove from south of France to Amsterdam. Uh, all through, you know, through France and stopping when I felt like I, I was by myself and I stopped when I wanted to. And I did a lot of Tommy Chong sightseeing, which is, oh, that looks interesting. I wonder what that is, you know? And uh, yeah, I, I, I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, that sounds wild. I mean, driving across America is beautiful. I can't imagine driving across Europe. Oh, incredible. Incredible because you know, take the back roads whenever you could, you know, and you get lost, you don't know where the hell you're going. It's easy, you know. Uh, they've had tourism since the beginning of time over there, yeah. So but I just realized you're saying all this stuff. I always do this, I'm like, because uh, I think about the fact I've got a phone right here, and so if I get lost, it's okay. But yeah. It's okay. You know, it's okay. Cause I can figure out if I want to, but back then, like you're just like riding wild. Like that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. 
service stations, you know, go in there and they'll tell you, <clears throat> you know, or you can just stop any stranger, that, especially back then and during that time. That was in the 80s, I guess. That was uh, from 81 to 84. I was over there and, and living over there. My wife bought a, a apartment in Paris and we shot uh, two movies. We shot the Corsican brothers and we shot uh, still smoking and uh, yeah actually the the last movies that Cheech and I were in together that's where we shot them over there it was cool that's awesome well um, uh, you know it's it's always really cool to talk to you. I don't want to take uh, too much more of your time. You know, it's it's a Friday evening, uh, but I do want to ask, you know, you brought up music earlier. What, what sort of stuff are you jamming to nowadays? I'm just curious. Do you have like any classic favorites or any new artists? I'm, I'm honestly curious, like what's in your rotation? Yeah, it's a good question. I've got my uh, grandson living with me now from uh, uh, Toronto. And uh, uh, so I'm, I'm, you know, you know, they've taken over my car. You know, first thing you do is get the radio, you know, get the the playlist. And, and so the, well, I've been listening to to their music. It's kind of uh, Taylor Swift and uh, you know that gang. A, a few Taylor Swift songs. Radio Radiohead is that is that a group? Yeah, yeah, Radiohead. Uh, yeah, that's that's my my uh, grandson's music. I I'm old school, you know. I I've never really gotten away from uh, the jazz, my jazz roots, you know. I'm I'm a good friends with Herbie Hancock, and I love his music. I I've always loved Miles, and Herbie was a uh, you know protege of Miles. Um, Guitar-wise, uh, I, I, I never really went past, too past, uh, you know, guys like Wes Montgomery and, and Stanley Jordan, you know, those guys. The real, real, you know, I was a guitar player, and so I really admire that. But, you know, back in the day when I was in a band or when Cheech and I were doing records and that, you know, it was a, it was a job. It was really... You know, we're we're doing parodies of songs, and we're always kind of keeping our, our foot into the into the rock scene somehow. But uh, I've been watching a lot of documentaries now, and like I watched a documentary of the Rolling Stones, and that was incredible. <laughs> I love the way they sanitized the Stones, you know, because they never once mentioned the fact that they were both heroin users. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You know, it was oh, they oh, when they got busted, they were on acid. <laughs> they never mentioned heroin once in the documentary, which which is kind of good, I guess, you know, because the Stones are such uh, iconic figures, you know. For, for just for their music too, and you yeah. know I was never a big Stones fan or a Beatles fan to tell you the truth because I, I started music actually uh, a year or so before those guys. You know, I mean my my musical debut was in the fifties. Fifty six is when I put a band together in nineteen fifty six fifty seven, and then we got kicked out of uh, Calgary because of the music. 
but yeah, you know, um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of working because I was on the mass singer. I learned how to sing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I'm kind of working on a, a set for myself, you know, because like I say, I, I, I watched a lot of documentaries and, and I saw this great documentary on Bob Dylan, a couple of them actually, and where Dylan speaks and Dylan was a, was a, you know, he had such great musical talent forever. And, and, for, and the fact that he, you know, he had the reputation of having a not so good a voice, you know, he had everybody imitating him, you know, like, like, like he couldn't sing. But the truth was, he, he, he could sing like any, any pop singer out there. And he had a, uh, uh, he has a uh, photographic memory. So he could hear a song one time and know it. And that's why he became such a genius at writing his own, uh, his own songs. Because those songs that he wrote are, fucking iconic i mean he he won the nobel Peace prize for for his songwriting you know so i and, and dylan i i call him a friend you know we we he knew who we were and we played basketball together one time and and we never hung together per se but we hung with uh, this artist uh, robert gilbert that that built dylan's house and he remodeled my house and he remodeled cheech's house and he built a couple of boats for for uh, him and Dylan, two boats. Uh, and he uh, he, bu- d- he built my boat. Um, actually, I'm just joking. Sorry, I'm trying to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's pretty special what they did with Bob Dylan because Dylan is such a uh, what do you call it uh, perfectionist. You know, like uh, Dylan used to hang with the Gypsies uh, when they'd have a yearly meeting in Marseille. France. Dylan yeah. would join join him. And Dylan's a very, very cool guy in so many ways. And so when they bought they built these sailing boats and, and the kind that they sailed across the ocean. And they went to an island and they had to pick out the trees that they were going to cut down to build the boats. And they built two boats. And only trouble is on the maiden voyage, Dylan's boat sank. <laughs> It didn't make it hit a storm. Uh, Gilbert's boat made it, and it's still somewhere in Mexico. I'm I'm kind of on a semi quest to find it because I I that was the only one I wrote. Uh, uh, Gilbert took me on uh, Bob Gilbert took me on a, a cruise mm-hmm. right after Cheech and I had broken up, and and I I was at a loss for what to do, and I had some time, and so I took sailing lessons, you know. And uh, I learned off my wife, you know, if you got any time on your hands, go to school, you know, go to school because you learn so much so fast, you know, and there's a time limit, you know. Uh, And so I I went to sailing school. I learned how to sail. And it was it was a craft that's not going to come in handy, you know, uh, over the years. So, yeah, I uh, yeah, I, I, I sailed on. Uh, one time on, on that that uh, woodcraft, it was the smoothest, prettiest ride I've ever had on a boat. 
it was so cool because you could sit on the deck. You know what I mean? It was. It wasn't like you know these sailboats and that modern thing. There's there's chairs for you to sit. You know, <laughs> and and everything else is around you. But on these old fashioned boats, they they lived on them. They're like traveling trailers. You know, the the, the, the there was no headroom down in the in the in the, the bedrooms or anything like sure. that. Because it was a, again, it was a crap for getting around in a hurry. But I got, I got to find that boat. I, I know because uh, Robert died too, and uh, I haven't talked to Dylan at all since for years now. Uh, so, so that's it. That's what I'm doing. Sweet, sweet. Well, when you find that boat, we'll uh, we'll do our next podcast off that boat. So oh, um, that would be cool. I like <laughs> I'm that. Just, yeah. Um, well, cool. I thank you so much for your time. Um, I hope, uh, you know, safe travels and everything. I'll be watching the VMAs cause it'll be cool to see you and, uh, Cheech giving that, uh, award away. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess, uh, before we go, um, is there any, any particular way that my fans, uh, could support you? Um, just, I would try to always ask my guests that before they go, if there's any particular way, if it's easy as following you on social media, I'll have the handles in the I'll give them, you know, how to get to yeah. your social media. Um, uh, yeah, I was, uh, you know, when they gave me that award for the cannabis uh, culture, I think the name of the magazine, the guy took me aside and he showed me a site, uh, Tommy Chong's CBD site. He said that uh, we're the number one, I'm the number one guy that intellects look up when they're looking up CB, CBD and Tommy Chong pops up <laughs> and my, my site, but he showed it to me. He was showing me, <laughs> in fact, I got kind of bored. Okay. That's enough. But he showed <laughs> me how, how long, how long the site was. I was very, very impressed. Cause I'm not a, you know, I, I barely know how to turn this thing on and off, let alone, you know, follow anything there. And my, my son had me, uh, he, he had me taken off Twitter. Like well, he did it himself because he i was getting in these stupid arguments with these i saw you getting in those silly arguments (laughs) (laughs) some of them i got where you're coming from but some of them i was like oh tommy (laughs) it's not that you weren't right it was just that it was like pick your battles (laughs) (laughs) exactly exactly and so with me with my eyesight and everything else it was a waste of time it was a waste of time you know yeah yeah and so what i do now i don't go on twitter or anything else i go on my notes Nice. And I just, I just, and, and you know what I learned to do because I, I'm a, I write lyrics. Uh, I just write down my thoughts and I got a whole collection of my thoughts on, on my notes. And uh, yeah, that's so cool. And then I've also been making these little guys. These are, um, these are joint holders. Very cool. So, yeah. So what I do because uh, <clears throat> what I like like about it is that you can you can light up light this guy up and then set it down. <clears throat> you don't have to lean it on a ashtray or anything else, and just sit there, and then it'll go up by itself. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and then when you're ready to get high, you turn it around, and fire it up, fire and, it yeah. back up. Yeah, because I uh, I've always had a carving Jones, you know, where I, um, when I was a kid, 
that, you know, I'd listen to the radio and sit by the wood stove and carve. It, it was our, like back in the day, I'd carve knives or I'd carve guns, you know, to play, to play cops and robbers with or cowboys and Indians. And, uh, yeah, so I, I always had, uh, uh, carving and, and my mother, she, when we finally got our house together, she, she had a rule, you know, when you cut yourself, you got to put the knife up. <laughs> of course I'd cut myself. Okay. Put that knife up <laughs> and then I, then I can go to bed. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. The good Put the knife thing. up and go to bed. <laughs> that was always the solution. <laughs> Whatever. Stop what you're doing and go to bed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, well, at least. That's it. Yeah, that's one thing we had a, a similar in our childhood. Well, Tommy, been a pleasure. Um, okay, I brother. will uh, speak to you in the future. So take it easy, friend. And Bye. check out uh, the Tommy Chong site. Yeah, Tommy. everybody, check out the Tommy Chong site for quality CBD products. Good. Okay, man. Take care. Take care. Bye.